0: Hi everybody, this is Laurie Handlers and you're tuned in to another episode of Tantra Cafe, a program for spiritual enlightenment and I greet you with peace. Om Shanti Shanti Shanti. I love this. This is just my favorite thing to do. I get to meet wonderful people. I get to have them on my show and then I get to share the information which is invaluable with you. I just, uh, I learned so much from doing this show. And I just I get to share it and it with people all over the world. It's wonderful to have you listen in, and you can always write to me at Laurie at tantracafe dot com. That's L A U R I E at tantracafe dot com. Love hearing from you. Lately, I've been getting a lot of emails, and it's just been wonderful. So today I'm I'm gonna we're gonna talk about creating community. Like why why bother to create community. Most Americans live in isolated lives. Uh, They have I don't know if it's gone up any the 2.5 children, two cars, maybe three cars. They live in a world of material things and they have very little connection. They don't have a lot of connection with their neighborhood. They don't have much connection with their community. At large they vote for politicians but I don't think they really connect with their community and um, and then there's my guest today, my guest, Robert Silber, the minute I met him, he told me to come to Hawaii to his community, to his environment. And you know i live in I live in an intentional community myself in Phoenix, Arizona, but I don't live with other people. Robert actually lives with other people, and my question for him is, Robert, is this the Harrod experiment, or what? <laughs> so <laughs> That's where I want to start. Um, so I just want to tell people who you are, and then, I, and then I want you to to respond to whether this is... The Harrod experiment was very, very uh, risque and titillating when I was in college or high school or something. So I want to hear that. But let me just tell people who you are. Uh, Robert Silber, since entering the realm of conscious sensuality, he has studied and taught with a network for New Culture He's taught with One Taste, which you've heard about before on this show. He's the co-founder of Essential Evolution, and he's worked with many sacred sexuality and tantra teachers. You'll hear more about Robert and how to get in touch with him and everything as we go on. But I want to, I want to just get right to it so so people know. So, hi Robert. Hi Lori. <laughs> So Thanks for having me on you the live in an intentional community, or you're creating an intentional community? Is it the Harrod experiment? Is it like boys and girls have, you know, they share I'm not rooms? Not familiar
1: with that. Ex- I'm not familiar with that experiment. I, I have to say, I'm, I'm, I'd be curious for you to tell me uh, about it.
0: It was a novel that was written in the 60s. When, and I was in college in the late 60s, and it was the hottest book. It's Harrod, H-A-R-A-D, Experiment. And Harrod was really a, it was a code name for Harvard. And it was, I can't even remember who the author is. I I, I don't, I want to say Robert Heinlein, but I, that's really, I don't think it's Robert Heinlein. I can't remember who the author was. But uh, you could probably find it, I'm sure. Sure. And, um. What it was about was like a kind of a a, a made-up story about what if Harvard was very liberal and uh, boys and girls, when you first came to college, boys and girls would just, you know, your roommate would either be a boy or a girl or two boys and two girls. And then eventually they would start having sex with each other, getting very intimate, having sex with each other, and then they would switch up and pretty soon people would uh, – Branch out into other rooms, you know. Like in the dorm, pretty soon the whole dorm was sleeping with each other. And you have to understand—that's my memory now that we're in, you know, 2010. And I read the book in probably 1965 or 1966. Um, I'm, I'm aging myself, but I don't care. I'm physically immortal. But uh I, I was just—that was the first titillating book I ever read about people. In an intentional community like a college dorm, being with each other, like living together, going through everything together, and I always loved the idea, just haven't really found anywhere necessarily where it works. Although I have spent a great amount of time at One Taste. uh, Sometimes it works there and sometimes it doesn't. So, what are you doing? What are we
1: doing here at Kapuka Temple?
0: Yeah, what are you doing, Robert? (laughs) What are you doing?
1: Well, it's an, inter- it's an interesting time. Um, we, I, I have been living in community for a number of years, Lori, and uh, it's been an amazing experience. Every community is so different, and you learn so much. I mean, just think about all the things you learn in relationship with someone, with a lover, and then you multiply it by living with a whole bunch of other people. Uh, I think it really speeds up the, the learning and the growth. Uh, and the expansion that I've had in my life to live with so many people. Uh, it's been an amazing experience.
0: So, for example, like let's say, i you know, I'm pretending I don't know anything about this. Of course, you know, Robert, I have had some extensive conversations with you, and as I say, I've, you know, spent some time at One Taste where people have been living in an urban community. You're living in Hawaii, and what's the name of this community? It starts with a K.
1: Yeah, it's called Kipuka Temple, and a kapuka is a Hawaiian word. And kapuka is an area that I like to think of it as an oasis. It's an area that the lava, when it was flowing last, it didn't inundate that area. So it's it's basically it's a sanctuary. Um, It's a place that is um, nurturing in a wasteland. Um, And that really resonates with me in terms of how I see ourselves Culturally, um, that we're a place of, of love and nurturing connection and a place that, where people can actually um, be nourished and get the nutrition that they need. Um, and in, in, besides food, the nutrition that we really need is love and acceptance and touch. And, and of course, sex. But um, I really don't overemphasize sex. We're not a sex community. We're a sex-positive community. And I think that there's a big difference there.
0: Can you say what the difference is? I I, uh, I think well, I know what you mean, but sure. I'd like to hear it from your mouth, actually.
1: Yeah. Well, for me, I look at most of the culture as very sex negative, and that doesn't mean to say that um, we don't we're not constantly barraged with sexuality and, and innuendo, and we're, you know, sexuality is used to sell things. Um, And we all know this. And so basically we're in a culture where um, in public, sex is very much utilized to support the the economic system. Uh, But privately people are still very repressed and confused. And they're not very, most people I would say are not very sexually satisfied or happy. Um, So that's the culture we're in. And we're creating a culture where, where we value sexuality as a powerful and positive uh, force in our lives. Now, what I would, how I would distinguish, though, a sex community from a sex-positive community is that our primary focus is not on sexuality. Our primary focus, um, as I see it, my primary intention is to create a place of wholism, of health, of healing, um, and expansion. And, of course, sexuality is a powerful way in which people are usually constrained and repressed, which has far-reaching effects uh, in all aspects of their lives. So by creating a space where people are really supported in their sexuality, whatever that sexuality is, um, I think is a really, really important part of supporting and empowering people to discover themselves and have happier and more joyful lives.
0: So, yeah, I, I agree with you. Obviously, I you know, this is Tantra Cafe, and... I you know I'm a tantra teacher so I I definitely agree with you, and yet uh, I know yeah. you're taking on something big here uh, to try and uh, you know live together with people. Tell tell me a little bit about the format. Like, do you have do people have separate houses? Do they live in one house? Do they live in huts? What what do people yeah. what do live in?
1: well. Most of the people who are here do have private dwellings. Um, you know, we've had occasions where, you know, people are a couple or even a family with kids and that they they share a space together. Uh, we basically have shared kitchens and bathrooms and people have private sleeping spaces. Um, and, you know, it functions as basically a, a, a little village or kind of like a large extended family it's um it's not a very large group of people not like one taste at one taste when i lived there there were over 40 people uh we were all living together in a warehouse remember the one room that i stayed in at one taste at that time there were 13 queen size beds in one room so at any given night you had usually at least about two dozen people sleeping in the same room so we don't yes. have any i remember it well <laughs> yeah I we want, don't have, i've
0: you know. got it. i don't want to how could anybody live here? How could anyone stand it
1: <laughs> it it's you know it's for me the experience of living with a large number of people is an amazing opportunity to be confronted with ways in which we hide from other people and those are the ways that we tend to hide from ourselves and when there really is nowhere to hide, we are confronted with ourselves and that is one of the primary reasons why it's difficult to live in the community, in any community, and it's right. also one of the primary ways in which I think living in community is very transformative and powerful.
0: So it's really what you're saying. I mean, it's really about cutting through this thing that I mentioned in the beginning about cutting through isolationism. You know, there are there's so many... I, There's so many places we could go with this. I mean, I can just remember. I I saw in your bio, Robert, that you're from Washington, D.C., originally. That kind of cracked me up. I spent 25 years in Washington, D.C. And um, I can tell you that I I lived on Reno Road in Washington, and I can tell you that I knew my neighbors on my side of the street because I was a commissioner. So I knew the people behind me. I knew the people on either side next door to me and a couple of people down from them and down from them. I knew the people on the cul-de-sac behind me, and I knew one family across the little street. But across Reno Road, everybody went into their houses from the back. They had garages in the back of their houses, so I never saw those people. I lived there on that, in that house for 20 years, and the only time I met anyone on the other side of the street was one time when a big tree came down. You know, and it, it, like, hit somebody's house, and another time when there was a fatal car crash coming down the hill from Porter Street. But other than that, nobody nobody knew each other in my block, and that's isolationism as far as I'm concerned, you know, how to not know who lives across the street from you. I moved to Arizona a year ago and I only know my neighbors on each side and I've gone up and down the block like ringing doorbells and everybody thinks I'm crazy. So here you are trying to like be intimate, to be self-sustaining, to be, to, to have a community grounded in conscious communication. How, how do you do that?
1: Mm. Well, I think the first thing um, I would say is one is is that again we're not we're not focused on sexuality or promoting sexuality. we're much more focused on promoting self growth and
0: right.
1: intimacy and communication and emotional awareness and usually the the fruit of doing that work is people are freed up and have a much more enjoyable sexual uh, life and more enjoyable connections because they're they're more in tune with themselves and they're they're more empowered to ask for what they want and to go for what they want. Um, but your question again, could you ask it again? I, I want to make sure I was uh, following it.
0: Right, we're gonna well, actually, we're gonna pause for a moment here, and when we come back, I'm gonna di- I'm gonna di- dive into it another way with you, yeah. and uh, you know, and and we'll just we'll we'll keep getting to it and we'll peel the onion until we get to the core, cool. you know. So. Till people really get a sense of what you're creating, Robert, because what you're creating makes a difference. So we'll be right back. In case you just tuned in, we're at Tantra Cafe, a program for spiritual enlightenment. I'm Laurie Handler, as your host. My guest today is Robert Silber, who is creating Kipuku, I'm sorry, Kipuka Temple Community in Hawaii, and um, he's bringing people together to live in community to focus on being together and I have, we have I have a lot of questions for him so we'll be right back in the next segment we'll talk more about it we're going to go deeper stay tuned
1: have you ever wished for an end to pests in and around your home, around your office? Stop paying for dangerous chemicals that can harm your children, your pets, and your clients. Today in Arizona and Florida, an environmentally responsible pest control company named Ladybug has set up shop to provide natural and organic pest control services. Ladybug can help you stop even the most persistent, nastiest bugs with green, organic products that are friendly to people and pets. In addition, there are franchise opportunities in Arizona, Florida, and throughout the USA. To learn more about Lady. Ladybug's home-friendly and earth-smart green pest control services, visit the Ladybug website at ladybugcorp.com or call us at 561-276-7600.
0: Ladybug guarantees you another eco-friendly, pest-free day, naturally. Wondering what book you should read to jumpstart your sex life and increase your happiness? Try my book, Sex and Happiness, The Tantric Laws of Intimacy by me, Laurie Handler's. This short, easy-to-read book will make you laugh at yourself and it may possibly make you cry as you discover my tantric secrets for happiness and how they apply to you. In the book, I begin with the 10th law, make love in the unknown. And then I work you all the way through laws 1 through 9 to teach you how to be in the unknown, fresh every moment of every day of your life. Sex and Happiness puts the innocence and love back into sex and gives Tantra the respect it deserves. It's only 19.99 in paperback and 14.99 ebook. 99 e-book. Go to sexandhappiness.com to order your copy of Sex and Happiness by me, Laurie Handlers, the host of Tantra Cafe. Welcome once again to Tantra Cafe. This is Laurie Handlers. I'm your host. On this program, where we deal with lots of things having to do with tantra, and things having to do with maybe a whole different focus on living than than the norm. And my guest today is Robert Silber, and he is an amazing uh, man. I met him recently at a conference, and I'm actually I met him at the uh, at the Sedona conference. And I want to I want to just mention that for a minute. And In case you'd like information on the International School of Temple Arts, uh, the International School of Temple Arts develops not only conferences and trainings worldwide, but a consortium of practitioners and educators who benefit from expanding the network of people who are conscious sex educators across the world. You can find out more information about that by going to www.schooloftemplearts.com. Love to have you go there. All right, so that's where Robert and I met. We met at the International School of Temple Arts. We met at a conference, and immediately you invited me to your, come to Hawaii, to your community. When are you going to come? <laughs> I don't know yet. It depends. My travel schedule wasn't going that way this year, so I'm not sure. Uh, I'd love to come, though. I'd love to, and I'd love to um, offer some of my tantric offerings there. I want to know, really, you know, do you have, like, first of all, how many people do you have at this point? Well, I'll
1: tell you, you, Lori, what's happening right now is we are actually under a, uh, we're in a period of reorganization and reevaluation because what's happened is we've had a wonderful year and we've had wonderful people living here. And, unfortunately, we have a couple neighbors who, are really not too happy about having a community in their midst. Um, We're in a uh, fairly well-to-do, affluent, suburban-type subdivision, and we're we're in a very, very progressive area. People are a lot of intentional communities around here, but we're on a small residential lot, and we have a number of people here, and some of our neighbors have complained to the county and are, are basically, you know, making an effort to make us leave. Now, what we're going to do uh, and where I'm going to continue to do this work.
0: Yeah, you might have to find a whole other, sp- you know, I listen, Hawaii is such a magical place for people to really want to live off the land and live as much in nature as possible. I, I don't blame you. For choosing that spot, so many people that have that I know of. There are so many tantra teachers who live in different parts of Hawaii, but you know they're all coming under some kind of scrutiny, not just you. And uh, no, it's
1: true. There's, there's definitely a there's definitely an effort. And you know, it was surprising to me because I thought, gosh, you know, it's 2010. Seems like we're very liberated. People are, um, you know, we're so far from. The, the struggles in the 60s and 70s, and yet when we're actually talking about living together and living in community or actually teaching people this stuff as opposed to just people getting videos or going to uh, an occasional workshop, but actually living this on a day-in and day-out basis um, and teaching this type of material in the flesh to people, um, that is that's proven to become very, very difficult. Um, because there's still some very, very strong reactionary forces who um, who are opposed to having a free and open and, and conscious, mature sexuality.
0: Right, right. It's very sad. I, I'm just going to say it's sad. How, you, I, when I talked to you last, you told me some astounding thing about um, how many adults can live together who are not, did you tell me this? How yeah, many, well, one, I, of the
1: things, one of the things we were cited for, and uh, in this case we were cited by the county, uh, the planning um, department actually gave us a $1,000 fine without any warning for having more than five unrelated people living together on the same property. Um, now, that's something that we're in discussion with and we're actually talking about um, with a number of people about changing that zoning I mean, there's certainly good reasons not to have too many people in too small an area. There's certainly health reasons. You know, I don't dispute that, but the idea that no matter how large your parcel of land, you're not supposed to have more than five unrelated people, um, you know, that that strikes me as absurd. And it basically and, but makes it minute,
0: possible. But wait a second. Wasn't there something in that law that I, – I mean, there was definitely something that hit me between the eyes. Wasn't there something in uh, that law you could have – Certain amount of related people and the other unrelated people could be your servants?
1: Well, yeah, there's an exemption for wealthy people who employ servants. Um, and, you know, well, we all know who makes the laws. Um, it's usually people that have the money to, you know, pay for the politicians to create the laws that are in their benefit. So without being overly cynical or getting too political, um, <laughs> it seems really clear to me, uh, and this, these laws have existed for a long time in many places, but. You know, it, it's it is partially uh, I think a, about a culture where you know the powers that be want to keep people divided they want to keep them ignorant of their neighbors they want to keep them working full-time jobs you know to pay their mortgages and pay their taxes and to buy consumer goods because no one has the time then to to bake bread and and um, and to meet their neighbors and to be social and to actually be organized because Frankly, I think that would be a political threat. Now, without reading too much into it, um, I think that that is definitely part of the rationale to keep people from living together. Because, frankly, if we all did, if we lived in tribes of a couple dozen people and we were well organized and we took care of each other and we didn't have as much need for uh, to participate in the, the global economy, if we were much, much more self-sufficient. Uh, we wouldn't be supporting the powers that be in the wars that they're fighting.
0: Right. I, You know, Robert, you make a really good point. You do make a really good point about it. Um, to keep us consuming, to keep us consuming and thinking that the answer is, outside of ourselves, something we have to buy, something we need to load up on fuel with, some kind of, some food, you know, it's not okay to just be at home like we have to go out. All the things, all the things are so much a part of it. And yet in Tantra, really what we're doing, as you know, is going inside and finding that we have everything we need inside.
1: Yeah. Well, it's one of the things that I do in my work with, with, uh, with clients in the workshops that I teach is to get people to become really aware of what their default patterns are. And I prefer to call them default patterns as opposed to addictions because addictions have a they're, it's a very uh, pejorative term that people have strong reactions to. I prefer to call it a default pattern. And basically what I'm talking about is these are patterns of behaviors or thoughts or reactions that are unconscious. And they are not serving our higher good. They're not higher, serving the higher good of other people around us or, or the world. So for people to really come into awareness of what their default pattern is, that's the way that we are more spiritually liberated. And that, to me that's a really, really key part of the work that I'm doing.
0: Yeah, and it's, it sounds like it's uh, it's really, I mean, it's, it's it couldn't be any more obvious than getting in touch. If I was in your community, well, I'm in a community. We don't live together, but we meet twice a week and then we meet for, each month we meet for three days and During the summer, we have a week-long event, and during the winter, we have a week-long. But we're all in communication a lot. And, uh, I mean, I just get to see that there are certain places I go in my mind. There are certain isolation tactics that I have. There are certain, uh, we call it the lone identity. There there are places where I can go to lick my wounds, and places I I don't necessarily love shining the light on. Yet I chose to live in community so I could shine the light on those things in myself. I could live better. I could live healthier. I could live with more abundance and with more input rather than the monkeys in my head. So I applaud you. I applaud what you're doing. I applaud that you're teaching these things and then you're actually putting your ass on the line and saying, okay, I'm going to live this way. I'm not going to just talk it. I'm going to walk it. And there's something, there's something to be said for that, a lot to be said for that.
1: Yeah, it's, to me, the, the thing I've been most focused on here um, is creating a place where people feel safe to, to peel that onion. to And for everyone, it's going gonna, it's gonna to look slightly different. I mean, some people, they really need to, say, explore their sexual freedom. Other people uh, need to know that it's safe for them to exist in life, and they don't. Uh, necessarily need to engage sexually with anyone or that they, they need to have an experience of, of not being partnered or coupled up um, or for some people you know it's, it's really about self-knowledge and, and, uh, and gaining the awareness and the ability to communicate uh, with other people so you know everyone's got different things they're working on and for me it's very important to create a space where people are really honored and respected and where people are encouraged to reveal themselves and um, and to, de- to create a much greater degree of intimacy with more than just their sexual partner or partners. Um, that, to me, is very, yeah. very, very important because that lays the basis, a much stronger foundation for emotional health. Um, and so often, I think, unfortunately, people are looking to get so many or even all of their emotional needs met from just one person, whether they're in a monogamous relationship or or not, uh, I think it's very important for people to develop intimacy with a much greater degree, uh, a, great, a greater number of people.
0: Yeah, yeah. well we're going to, we, this is a great point. I want to talk to you a little bit more about this when we come back. Um, if you just tuned in, you're listening to Tantra Cafe. My guest today is Robert Silber, and Robert has Uh, founded an intentional community, Kipuka Temple Community in the beautiful Hawaii where he's receiving some challenges about this community about having a community in this locale. He also practices Ashtanga Yoga. He's a massage therapist. He loves uh, different aspects Lomi Lomi, Thai Massage Cranial Sacral. And right now we're talking really, we're talking about his politics his uh, Belief in in community and what can be accomplished. And when we come back, I'm going deeper. So please stay tuned. We will be right back. Are you stuck in an area of your life, for example, having challenging or negative relationships? Are you feeling unfulfilled? Perhaps you're experiencing a lack of energy or possibly even tension in your body. I feel you need to call Kate Holt. Kate Holt is a core energetics practitioner. Whether you work with Kate in a group or in a private session, you'll feel like you're coming home to yourself. You'll become more comfortable in your own skin. You'll discover your unique gifts and be supported to bring them fully into the world. You'll be empowered to create the life you want and have more pleasure and fulfillment. Don't waste another minute feeling stuck. Really. Call 856 261-4900 Two six one four nine hundred for a consultation or visit www.kateholt.info. That's kateholt.info. Welcome back to Townsend Cafe. I'm Laurie Handlers, your host. My guest today is Robert Silber, and Robert is talking to us today about an intentional community grounded in conscious communication and intimacy building. And he is, uh, he's really, he's, he's breaking through in his ways, breaking through with a group of people to, to learn to live together. And we just, when we left the break, for the break, we talked about how maybe it's not so healthy for two people in a monogamous partnership to just try and get all their needs met by each other. Now, Robert, I I I don't know how familiar you are with the kibbutz system oh, sure. in Israel. Sure. I, I mean, well, how does what you're doing compare to somebody who lives in kibbutz in Israel, where you know where many people came together to to raise children and and work, and when some people were on shift or whatever. I mean, that's the, my understanding. The basis of kibbutz is there were many people needed to put a whole country together, so. It was better if they raised their children together and, you know, and had different shifts and of work and whatever, so that kids could always be cared for and they didn't need to just get all their needs met from one mommy or one daddy.
1: Yeah, well, I think it's interesting when you um, when you mention that. Now, I haven't really spent any time at any kibbutz in Israel, uh, but I'm basically familiar with the model of collective action and collective economics. Uh, I think it's interesting to. Point out, um, my friend Kelly Bryson likes to distinguish between collectivist and communitarian groups, and the basic idea that that he is positing is that it's very important to be clear as to whether we're creating community to serve us or whether we're in the service of the community. So, you know, when I think about what we're doing, we're creating a community that is designed to serve us. We're not just in service of this higher ideal uh, of a nation-state or a company or, you know, we're doing this because this is work. And we can call it spiritual if we want. uh, But the whole point is we want to set up a community so that people will grow in their awareness and grow um, in their ability to to get their needs met. Um, You know, and these are all different types of needs, not just sexual, obviously, we're talking about. Uh, more collective economics we're talking about, um, you know, just ways in which we will serve each other for all of us to be at a higher level. Um, so I think that's really important to to really be clear on what the intention of community is first.
0: Okay, I, I appreciate that. Now, which one was what? I, the only thing where, place I got mixed up here was which one was which collectivism versus uh, wh- whatever the other...
1: Right, yeah. Well, I mean, I think more than paying attention to what we're naming it, I'm just making a distinction as to um, the fact that we are paying attention to, you know, what is really going to serve each individual person yeah. and not so much that we're just trying to create a system where people are cogs in a machine to create a more more effective or more profitable machine. Uh, we're valuing each and every person as a unique valuable being, and I think that that's very, very important.
0: Well, yeah, communism failed. (laughs) It didn't do very well.
1: I will say that we are not an income-sharing group. Uh, It's very important for me. The way that I like to put it is I like to empower people and support people um, in being independent, so, you know, I'd much rather teach someone to fish or I'd much rather lend somebody some money who has a business plan than I would in having a whole bunch of employees or to have a whole bunch of people who are dependent. Um, that's the way in which I definitely differ from some of the communities that are more ideologically uh, communal or income sharing. Well, I think that there's a place for it and there's a lot of value uh, in much of that, I think it's very important for everyone to grow so that everyone can be as empowered um, as
0: possible. Now now where does um I have a few I have a few questions for you about this where does uh well how do people choose or do you choose like if someone came for example I mean I've had this I have this in my workshops I'm sure you do too if someone came in the workshop and they were like kind of distasteful like not they didn't fit in their ego was such that it was difficult to get along with them, or they seemed very selfish, or they might even just be so toxic. They could be physically toxic, they could be emotionally toxic, they could be financially toxic, whatever. Because yes. there's all kinds of people. What, ha- what, what how does your how does Kipuka Temple community deal with toxicity? Yeah. Or a well, new person who could be toxic. What do you do? Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I think that we all have. Different wounds and hurts, and they all show up in, in different ways. Um, and I think it's important when you're leading a community to have an accurate sense of how much your system can handle. I mean, I've, I've had some people in here who have definitely uh, taken more of a toll uh, energetically or emotionally on the community. And some people we can handle, and other people, you know, at some point you have to make a decision and say, well, wow, Um, this isn't really benefiting the community for this person to continue staying here, and it's not benefiting that person because they need more than we can give them. And I've only had that happen a very, very few times where we get to the point where I just have to say to someone, I don't think we can give you what you need at this moment. Um, So, you know, part of that is having an accurate awareness and perception of, of how much energy a system has, how much energy a community has to give to, to someone who, you know, many, many people who are looking at a community um, are people that have had a very hard time in relationships, in their careers, in life, and they're looking oftentimes for someone else or a group of people or a community to take care of them. So you tend to get people that my mother would call lost souls, um, <laughs> and of course, we're all lost some degree. We're all disconnected from, uh, to some degree, from whoever you want to say our creator or the the greater power uh, in the universe is. Um, And we're all looking for answers. But you have to have awareness of how much you can give and not to give yourself a hard time if you just simply don't have that awareness. Like, when I look at conflict, to me, conflict is almost always the result of an empathy deficit. When I'm in conflict I can always trace it to the fact that I'm needing more empathy than I'm capable of giving at that moment. I'm needing to uh, to discharge my emotions. I'm needing to be nurtured. And if I'm in that state and somebody else is in that state, and we're looking to get something from each other, that's where conflict happens.
0: Wow, that's a really nice little that's a nice little way to phrase this. It. Nice way to put it. An empathy yeah. deficit.
1: It's it's without judgment. It's it's not judging the other person as being bad or wrong or judging myself as being bad or wrong. It's just saying at that moment in time, I'm just simply not able to give them what they need. And that's that's the beauty of community. If you've got a dozen or two dozen people, um, hopefully you're not all in a low-energy space all at the same time.
0: Yeah, definitely speaks to community, definitely. Now, um, would you... How does Tantra fit into this? I mean, is there is there, I mean, or Tantra or possibly any training, but Tantra, you know, conscious, um, conscious emotional release, conscious um, breathing together or ritual or anything like that. Do you have anything like that where, you know, in the community where, or do you recommend anything like that if somebody were starting a community?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's really important, first of all, that everyone is, really a choice and empowered to follow their own path. And I try not to, as much as sometimes it's tempting to think, oh, if this person would just do this or they would just do that, then it would solve their problems and they would be happier and I would be happier and we would get along better. And what I found is that the most important thing I can do is to create a loving non-judgmental, supportive space for people to follow their own truth. And part of that is for me to follow my own truth. If someone's not in alignment with us, we're, we're, a, um, we're a non-smoking, sober community. Um, and I just tell people, you know, whatever your views on legalization of marijuana or other substances or the benefits of different drugs or, or things that people may do, uh, I just tell people there's plenty of other places you can do that stuff. Um, in In this place, uh, I've set a boundary that we 're going to do things in a really conscious, sober way um, so you know i 'm clear on setting boundaries, but it 's not about judging people it 's about discerning and making a, and making a choice as opposed to just simply reacting against somebody
0: that's very uh that's very astute i mean it's very um, it's more than that it's uh that boundary could actually, you know, it prevents people from going off into what what you called not addictions. You called them,
1: uh, what did you call called them? pattern.
0: Yeah, lifelong patterns. Yeah. And also dealing, we call it, in our community, we call it facing everything, avoiding nothing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so when we talk about, you know, Tantra, to me, Tantra is a path in which we utilize our desire to increase our awareness. And you could also substitute consciousness or spirituality for awareness there. Uh, it's basically saying everything that comes into our lives, everything that comes into our field, every interaction we have, all the people that we're in relationship with, um, they're all there for a reason. And, and more than just being there for a reason, it's an opportunity to use all of our experiences to to grow in awareness, uh, which my hope and my belief is that the more conscious awareness we have, uh, the more compassion we have, the more we have ability to be kind and loving to other people, uh, including ourselves. Um, Right. That, that to me, is the root of it because we're not prescribing a moral code as so much mainstream uh, religion does. We're encouraging people to just simply notice whatever is happening for them in their lives and when we notice without judgment uh we have a great greater degree of perception when we're judging things we're checking out we're slapping a label on something and we're not really paying attention anymore you know when when we judge other people we stop to really perceive who they are and i certainly do this in my own life i I get charged up. I get upset with people. I feel disappointed and frustrated and annoyed. And the truth of the matter is when I do start to judge other people or label them, uh, I'm going to disconnect from them, and I'm not going to be able to harvest the gifts that they have for me.
0: Yeah, you're going to be in separation and duality with them, and uh, you can't see them for who they really are. I, I, I really hear you. I really hear that. Uh, what ha- what does happen when you have a conflict?
1: Well, I mean, we're having a conflict now, and I mean, just talking about this, I'm definitely looking at myself and looking at ways in which I disconnected or I judged uh, other people, because we have a couple neighbors who really have worked very, very hard to uh, to make us leave. And right. you know, there's part of it I want to ha- I want to learn and I want to grow and I want to understand how I can everyone in getting their needs met and not just do this old model of either judging them or judging me, uh, but look at it and say, wow, how could I do an even better job this time or next time of really seeing people and, you know, standing up for what I believe in and also being willing to be humble and listen to other people and, and to hear feedback um, you know, because I think everyone has some connection to truth and everyone has some value uh, to, to give us in our lives. You know, even the people we disagree with politically, even the people that we, you know, there may be somebody that, you know, has a desire for a relationship with you or a type of relationship and you don't have desire for that person. Everyone still has, has something to teach us, Um and i think the more that we just open to that the more we'll open our minds.
0: thank you that's that's great if you if you just tuned in i'm talking to robert Silbert today about what it is to be in a in a created community of people who are somewhat like-minded who are looking to support each other to, you know experiment with a new model so that they get what they want in life that was an important distinction he made in this segment so that the individuals can actually get what they want, be served. Rather, we weren't, we distinguished it from, from serving an overall, uh, country or nation, but to actually have people within, uh, a, a smaller community be able to, to get their needs met and actually have an awakened, happier life. So you're listening to Tantra Cafe. I'm Laurie Handlers. And, um, it, when we come back, we're going to talk more about it and we're going to find out the other gifts that that Robert so nicely mentioned, the other gifts that he has to offer. In the meantime, I want to let you know that if you're stuck in any area of your life or having negative relationships or feeling unfulfilled, I, I encourage you to call Kate Holt. Uh, Kate's a core energetics practitioner and um, she can work with you in a group or in a private session. She's in the greater Philadelphia area, but she can work with you long distance over the phone or Skype. So give her a call at 856-261-4900. That's 856-261-4900. Or visit kateholt.info. That's www.kateholt.info. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Tantra Cafe and my guest, Robert Silber. Many times on Tantra Cafe, you've heard my guests and me discuss emotional release techniques. Now you can do emotional release work in the privacy of your own home. In my CD, Shamanic Release and Latihan, I create a very, very safe and sacred space in which you can do the powerful work I'm known for in my Tantra courses. First, I set you up with the proper positioning and breathing, and then I guide you through emotional states to the beat of tribal African rhythms. Try the CD as an easy way to do your personal clearing work on a regular basis and watch your relationships walk free from emotional baggage. You can order my CD at ButterflyWorkshops.com for only $20. I believe you're worth it. I hope you do. Go to ButterflyWorkshops.com and get your copy now. And walk free from emotional baggage. Well, coming back in for the final segment of Tantra Cafe, this is Laurie Handlers. I'm just as excited now as I am in the beginning of the show, in case you were wondering. I love doing this. Love talking to my guests and uh, promoting the people that I promote on the show. It's wonderful. My guest today is Robert Silber. And Robert, you you know, you're you're kind of brilliant, you know, like you're brilliant in a way in what you're trying to do. I certainly wish you the best in getting this off the ground. And in the meantime, let's, you know, whether the community gets sustained, whether the people stop opposing you, the people on the island of Hawaii. What island is it, by the way, I'm about to say?
1: Oh, we're on the big island of Hawaii, which um, okay. most people, I don't know if people are familiar with, with Hawaii, but there are a number of different islands. We're, we're in the largest of the islands. It's fairly rural, it's very beautiful. Yeah. We're about five miles from where the lava is flowing into the ocean.
0: Yes, I've been there actually. I am familiar with that, and only that island in Hawaii, amazingly enough. So I imagine it's a splendor there, and it's very underpopulated and yet to be having this kind of a, this kind of opposition seems uh sad in a way, very sad. so if let's say the community sustains or the community doesn't sustain, what have you, and you're lear- i I heard you say in the last segment that you're learning. Whatever the lessons are that you need to learn about communicating and, and, and flushing out things with people, getting the lessons of, you know, perhaps a place where you've been, not listening to them, and therefore they're pushing back, you know. What, do you, what else you you, te- you train people, you would create workshops, staying there in Hawaii or moving around. And what exactly are some of the things?
1: Yeah, I, I uh, have been teaching workshops for a couple of years now. Uh, I'll be on the, on the mainland. Maybe it's mainly in the West Coast, but in different parts of the United States later this year, teaching workshops uh, that are usually one- or two-day workshops. Um, I'm also working on, on finishing a book, and it's all about uh, conscious sensuality and community and sustainability. Um, my background before I did this work was actually doing political organizing and environmental work. I worked for a number of different environmental organizations, such as Sierra Club. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm actually seeing the work that we're doing with Tantra, sacred sexuality, and community as a very, very important part of
0: sustainability. For the, for the reasons that you've enumerated before, mean, being, being part of sustainability and that, not so, someone doesn't put all their apples on one basket intending for that basket to be to be to feed them, and then also the thing about um, letting finding more aspects out about yourself when you're living in community than when you're alone in your own swimming in your own juices and and anything else
1: Well, I would just say I think it's really important when people start pursuing a path of tantra um, I see a progression that most people have in life uh, as going from one of unconscious reaction, which is kind of like when you're a baby or you're an infant, and, and uh, you have an experience, some sort of stimulation that uh, is unpleasant and you cry. That's an, uh, that's just, it's simply instinct. It's reaction, it's an unconscious reaction. And then oftentimes when we're teenagers, we're adolescents, young adults, um, we go through a stage of rebellion. That's an unconscious rebellion. And we're just simply asserting ourselves. We're distinguishing ourselves from our parents, teachers, employers. And oftentimes that leads us to unhealthy patterns of behavior to do things just to assert ourselves and often just do the exact opposite of what we think someone else wants us to do. And really stepping into maturity and awareness means that we're stepping into a state of conscious response. And that's where I oftentimes work with people on is figuring out the ways in which we're, we're unconsciously reacting or rebelling or repressing ourselves and moving into a state of conscious response where we're really tuned into what our desire is and to further tune into what our big desire is. Because this is an issue when I think people are investigating Tantra and they're, they're in relationship and they're thinking, wow, I'm really attracted to this other person and i want to pursue this relationship and oh but i have this other person that i have a relationship with and you know how do i juggle multiple attractions how do i handle you know really being mature in dealing with desire and again not just for sexuality but sexuality is a very very powerful way that this shows up in our lives and i think it's important to tune into what our larger desire is and for me the way I would articulate the larger desire is not just doing exactly what I want in the moment without any thought or, you know, consideration of anyone else, but to be really free and really tuned into my desire means I have a desire for love and connection and support with a large group of people. And for me, sometimes that means doing things. Um, that I wouldn't naturally just want to do on my own. It might mean spending the extra time to communicate with a loved one. It might mean doing something that's not what I would choose to do, but it's what someone else's desire is, because I'm in tune with a larger desire for connection with that person, and I'm actually wanting to give them something that they're wanting. So it's not about compromising. It's about tuning into big desire, and I think that that's a really important part of being mature and, and tuning into, um, you know, what it is that we really want as opposed to just thinking that if we do this, you know, if we do A, we're going to get B. If we do X, we're going to get Y. Um, that's a really reductionist way of thinking. So in any case, I just ask for listeners and people to tune into themselves. What, what do I really want? What's the goal and what's the strategy?
0: So good. That's so good. I mean, Robert, most people don't even know. When I ask them in classes, like, what do you really, really want? They only tell me what they don't want.
1: They're probably trapped, as most people are in this culture, in a, in a state of repression and rebellion. Is there, they're so used to having parents and teachers and employers tell them what to do that their idea of freedom is not doing something that they think someone else wants them to do. And that's really sad because there's so much more to life than
0: that. Well, yes, and also the 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 notion that they don't want this thing to happen again. Like they don't yeah, want well, this they don't want this bad thing to happen again, but they don't know they they haven't gone the step of going, "Well, if I were going to have a good thing happen, what do I want?" <laughs>
1: Well, that means taking responsibility for ourselves and actually articulating a positive vision and not simply being reactive and being in fear. And that's another thing. The work that we're doing, I don't get too much into detail talking about it on the radio usually, but a lot of the work that we're doing in terms of massage and in terms of intimacy work and some of the things on the material level Uh, It's really about expanding our capacity for sensation, which also expands our capacity uh, and our emotional range. And, you know, so when people expand their capacity for sensation, they expand their capacity for stimulation, uh, you're really just increasing the amount of energy that you can handle in your system. Um, That is amazing uh, to think about in terms of how that can impact your sexuality and how it impacts all aspects of your life
0: yeah it's actually uh, it's amazing to think about it it's amazing to experience <laughs> it's amazing it's amazing no matter how you look at it what, what you're saying yeah. it's really, that's, uh... really
1: what we're, that's really what I'm teaching people and working with people on is how to expand their system and a lot of that is the first thing we have to do is we have to clean out our system we have to see well what's what are the the you know the things that have been hiding out in your attic or the things that have been in your basement that you haven't wanted to deal with for all these years and looking at them and then taking them to the thrift store or recycling them or composting them and making more space for other things to come into your life. I like to talk about coming into the present moment. We do a conscious emotional release work with people where that's the question. What do you need to release to come into present time? And beautiful. once you release everything you need to release and you're actually in that present moment, the present moment is so spacious, it's so vast, uh, there's such a great capacity for love and joy and enjoyment in life.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. Well, listen, on that note, I want to know, how can people get in touch with you? How can they find out more about your community? How can they find out more about you? Where do you want to direct them? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, the best way for people to get a hold of me is just to go to my website. It's called conscioussensuality.com, and if you forget forget that, or you forget how to spell it, if you just Google conscious sensuality, you'll uh, you'll you'll find me and you'll see videos and writings that I've done, and then you can contact me through the website. And I'd I'd be really happy to hear from anyone who hears this program, uh, what your thoughts on it are, and um, yeah, and if you would like to connect and um, and to do work with me or to bring me to your town and help to host me for a workshop.
0: Great. Wonderful. Well, you have just heard everybody from Robert Silber. Robert is, um, he just, he's amazing at what he's up to, what he's taking on, how he's trying to get people there in community and how hes he's really expansive and he's really helping people to expand. So, Robert, thank you so much for being my guest today. It was a pleasure to have you. Yeah, thank you,
1: Lori. It was really
0: sweet. And you need to read the Harrod experiment.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. I'm going to check that one out of the library.
0: H-A-R-A-D, Harrod. Um, We couldn't have two R's, H-A-R-R-A-D, but it was a very, it really was, it was a very hot concept in the 60s, really hot. Uh, Tune in next week to Tantra Cafe, everybody, where I'll be talking with a guest who. He expresses Tantra through music. He's a world-renowned musician, and um, he has a lot to say about Tantra and how it moves through you, how the energy of Tantra can move through you with music. Uh, If you want to communicate with me, you can communicate with me by writing to me, laurie, at tantracafé.com. You can find out anything more about my guests uh, by writing me there. Of course, you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter. And it is my pleasure to hear from you, to get your feedback, and to answer your questions or get the guests that you want me to talk to on Tantra Cafe. So please communicate with me. It makes me happy and it makes a difference. Also, don't forget my book, Sex and Happiness, The Tantric Laws of Intimacy. It's a great read, and it's really 20 bucks. You can go on the website, sexandhappiness.com. Until next time, I'm saying namaste from Tantra Cafe.